This is a special world report with a friend of Megagoria. We have in the studio with us some friends that's been with the mission for a long, long time. They just happened to be in January 6th at Trump's rally. So they experienced the whole situation, listened to Trump, all the way to the supposedly deadly capital insurrection. I say that because every time they say it, they say deadly, and it wasn't deadly. So we're going to expose some things through this interview with Jeff of his personal experience. He was there. He saw it. Many times people think, well, we have to have experts to examine something. If you're there, you're an expert. I listened to a clip the other day talking about Trump's impeachment trial. And they said there's 124 scholars who said Trump caused this insurrection by his speech. And he doesn't have the right for free speech to say that. You know more than these scholars. And this is a lie. And this is why they says lying voices. And this is why they said expose evil. So you have these scholars at the trial qualifying the senators. What we're saying, we're backed up by scholars. That Trump can't say what he said. And he's guilty. The experts are those who have boots on the ground. So Jeff was there. And I want you to explain what you saw through this so-called deadly capital insurrection. I did not go to the Trump speech because they said that you had to be there around 6 a.m. The speech wasn't supposed to start till 11. And I had been to Trump rallies before and, and didn't especially want to go to this rally just because of the hundreds of thousands of people that were going to be there. I went directly to the Capitol, and this was about 10.30 a.m. Oh, so you were there first at the Capitol before yes. the speech is still going on. Could you hear from where you were? We could not hear the speech, okay. no. How far um, away was it? Two, three, four, five blocks? All the way down to the other end of the mall. The speech okay. was down by the it's Washington mile, Monument. Yeah, okay. I was on the east side of the Capitol between the uh, Supreme Court and the Capitol. There's a grass area there. There was other people there doing speeches there were preachers there preaching. There were people praying. You were saying the rosary there, singing patriotic songs. And there was probably, I don't know, two, 3,000 people at that point there. At the grassy area yeah, or the Capitol? at the grassy area in front of the Capitol okay. on the east side there. The president's speech was supposed to start at 11, but for some reason he didn't get to do his speech till noon. There was more and more people coming all the time to that area. They had the metal bicycle-type barricades in front of the grass area between the courtyard and the Capitol building. And I'm going to say probably around 1230 or so, there was a group of guys came in there with helmets on, with gas masks tied to their waist. Some were dressed in camo, some weren't. But you could definitely tell they weren't Trump supporters. Was it police or anything like that? No, no, it wasn't police, no. You know, it's just, this is strange. This is not Trump supporters for sure. That was what time? Oh, around 1230. So Trump the, didn't even start his speech till I think, 12 o'clock, they start 12. Yeah. So 30 minutes after he's speaking, these people start showing up. Yep. What kind of numbers? 
Um, I'm going to say there was probably 30 guys or something like that, and they kind of went to the middle of the uh, area where the where the barriers were, and they just kind of concentrated on one area, and they started pushing there. And there were some Trump supporters that went up there and was saying, no, we don't want to do this. At that time, there was more police that came up there, and they pushed them back, and then there was one big push. And this was only an area that was maybe 30 feet wide that they were pushing in, and there wasn't many police there either. There was maybe 10. You know, for thousands of people, they sure didn't have very good security there so, if they were worried about it. So what did you think at that point when you were seeing that? What was going through your mind? It was getting the crowd riled up when they were doing that. You said the crowd. Are you speaking about the Trump people? You know, there was people that were they, hollering, don't do it, you know. and then Okay, there was, so oh, they were trying to say stop it. Yeah. Trump people were. Yep. And these other people were obviously not Trump people. Right. And once they broke through the barriers there. Who? Folks that were not Trump supporters that were... Um, they had gas masks? They, they had gas masks. What they else? had helmets on. Definitely knew they weren't Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. But as they broke through the barriers, the police backed off. But as they backed off, they pulled the barriers back with them. So it's like, open the door. Come on in. So wait, <laughs> wait a minute. So literally, you see the 10 police there. Yep. And you see them put their hands on the guardrails. Yep. And they do what? And pulled them back. Opening up Open the gates. Yep. And they were opening it up to the courtyard in front of the Capitol. It's a huge courtyard there. Those barriers were probably, I don't know, 200 feet across them. And then until they have 10 police officers standing in there. But everybody was peaceful until that time. As the first people busted through there, they kind of ran towards the Capitol. And then the Trump supporters weren't following them yet you know they were like are we supposed to go there or are we not supposed to be in there or what and so they're all going they're waving their arms to follow them come on we got to get in the capital come on and and then there was more barriers pulled back by the cops or by by the cops and so it was kind of like okay they're pulling the barriers back i guess we can go in there then and i did i went into the courtyard area and then at that same time, there was people that were coming in from the north side into that courtyard also, and there was people coming from the south side. So I don't know if they had a signal saying, okay, let's open up the barriers now, but all of a sudden now there's thousands of people that were coming into the courtyard. The um, non-Trump supporters, they ran to the steps, up the steps. There was a half a dozen policemen on the steps, and as the bad actors approached the steps, the police just spread apart and let them up there. And them. You're saying bad actors, but you're not including the Trump people? Was their behavior different from what the bad actors? Yes. Yes, they were followers. They weren't, you know, the intruders. So they were incited by this 30 gang. Yeah. I was 70 to 100 feet back from the Capitol. Once everybody filled up the step area on the porch of the Capitol... I couldn't really see what was going on up there other than there was a few guys came back down the steps that said they had got sprayed with pepper spray. I didn't realize that they had entered the Capitol. By this time, Trump's speech was over and there was more and more people that were coming in there. I think the majority of the people were on the opposite side of the Capitol, the mall side. And then on the north side, there was a lot of people there also. People that were 
there were doing Trump chants. They were not being violent in the crowd at all. I didn't see anything, and I didn't know that there was violence going on in the Capitol at the time either. Until between, I'm going to say around 2.30, there was two guys and a gal came into the crowd right by me, and they were saying that a gal had just gotten shot in the Capitol. They shot her in the head. They there was blood all over the place. It was terrible. We got to get in there. They're killing people. And they had bullhorns, and they were trying to incite the crowd. You got to get in there. They're killing people in there. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I want to get in there? <laughs> They're killing people. So the gal that was with them, she was saying that she was ex-military, that she was in there, and she's seen this happen. And as this girl was talking she was actually stopped and talked to me saying that face to face. She was how face far, to face. How far away is she from? Um three foot. Okay. Yeah. And I'm looking at her and and just was really strange to see her how her face looked. She looked like she had like a kind of a morbid type makeup on. And then there was a dried blood line from the corner of her mouth and down her neck. And as she's talking to me, I just, I couldn't, you know, get over from fixing my eyes on her face and how really weird she looked and how strange it was. So they continued out into the crowd with their bullhorns and stuff, trying to get people to come. And there was a group of people that headed that way with them, you know. So I'm thinking, this has just really, really gotten out of hand. At that point, I didn't even know that anybody was even in the Capitol yet, you know. And I had asked her, I says, how did you get out of there? And she says, oh, they, they brought us out by gunpoint. Why didn't they arrest you? They're going to just take you out and turn you loose. So shortly after that, I got a alert on my phone saying that Washington, D.C. was going to be shut down and that there was a 6 o'clock curfew. You had to be off the streets. I thought, I've got a 40-minute walk back to my hotel. I'm going to head back to the hotel. And, and at that time, there was, and this was probably around 3 34 o'clock and a lot of the people were leaving you know and, and i didn't really see any violence going on the swat team had gotten there um the national guard were coming in and they were starting to sweep the area to to push people out of those areas and so i had got back to the hotel and i turned on the news and they were had it covering and that this gal was shot in the capitol and they had her picture on the TV. And I looked at that. Couldn't believe what I seen. It's the same girl I talked to that was supposed to have been dead. She was out in the crowd trying to incite people to get in there. So this walking dead person comes up and you talk to her. Yes, I did. What was she wearing? Um, she had, I think, jeans. She had a backpack on. Did you see any blood on the backpack? I didn't see any okay. blood on her clothing or anything other than just looked like an outline of if you had blood on you and it dried and you went to wipe it off or it would leave an outline. So this conversation with this woman, how did that continue? After she um, stated about being escorted out of there by gunpoint, she just kind of continued into the crowd after that. Was she frantic or she just walked away? Um. Because she was with those other two guys that had the bullhorns and calling out to the crowd that we had to get in there. She just was going along with them. 
Okay, so the picture on television, was her laying down being shot? No, it was just a portrait-type picture of her. So how much time passed from meeting her to you see this picture on TV? Probably three hours. So how, in three hours, they get a photograph of her that quickly and identify who and where she is, and so it's just a typical photograph. Correct. What does that tell you, people? You know, we know, I know, everybody out there have heard somebody got killed, somebody died, the military overseas, or a car wreck. They don't release any names until the families are notified, and it usually takes 24 hours or so or more than that. This right here exposes it with further evidence that what I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is there any possibility that it wasn't staged from what you saw? From what I saw, no. You're saying it's totally impossible. Well, I'm saying I seen this gal after she was shot and she was as live as could be when I was talking to her. That's a dose of truth. And this is what our lady is telling us to expose. And we have to speak out. I wasn't there. I don't know. But I knew beforehand it's all staged. And this is what we get from the messages of Our Lady. If you're praying, you're fasting, you know when there's a truth and there's an untruth. So I'm going to show you a picture of this woman laying down the supposed shot with the eyes wide open. No wincing, no pain in her face. And I want to ask you, is this the face you saw? Yep, that's her. These four pictures, you see the faces of this woman. And you're 100% certain that's her. Yep. No question. If our lady tells us not to listen to lying voices, we have to know when somebody's lying. You get that through discernment. When you walk with that lady, you know when somebody's lying to you. Walking with the lady, you get the cognition to really know what's being said on the news, on both sides, and who's saying what they say. You don't always have to find the facts. We're talking to Jeff. He's got the facts. But everything he's saying, I knew without the facts. It's through discernment. I got Maria here in 1999. I didn't tell her what I was going to do. I talked to an FBI agent who is a number one forensic artist. I located him in the Carolinas. I think he was from. I said, I want you to come and draw something. How much are you going to charge? $500 a day. My expenses. I decided to bring him in. Because Maria was taken into a chapel that didn't exist. A lady took her by the hand, walked up the steps, went inside the church, turned around from the altar, and scanned a chapel that's going to be built in the future that doesn't exist. That in itself is incredible. I don't know where in church history where a lady took somebody, or even Jesus, into a church that's going to be manifested somewhere in the future. I questioned Maria about things through the years about it, but I knew Satan blocks everything, so I didn't tell Maria what I was going to do. So I had to pay this guy for the whole time before she got here and afterwards, several thousand dollars. Because there's going to be thousands of people here, I didn't know what day we could make this happen. So I had him here on standby. I told Maria, we're going to my office. I had already bought the best archival paper that can be bought because I knew this is church history. I know this is huge, and I learned a long time ago with Medjugorje, because there's a swamp in Medjugorje, believe it or not, that that would be blocked. So I walked Maria into my office, and the forensic artist is there. 
I said, Maria, I want you to describe this chapel that you walked into. And Kathleen was there to translate to make sure specifically the words were interpreted right for Maria because she speaks broken English. And so we sat down. But before Maria came in there, I was asking him how he did this and what he did he do. He said, well, I would train the FBI agents in forensic artists. That's why he's number one. He covered the whole FBI. So this guy is the top of the food chain. So I said, what was your experiences in it? And he said, well, I'll bring somebody in about a murder scene. I have them describe what they saw, a person or buildings or the street. And I know the questions to ask them to manifest that on paper. So he told me something very interesting with that. When he's drawing, he says, I can tell when people are lying. And I know that. And I said, how do you know that? He says, because I can tell how they tell me in the details and how they describe it and the way they lay it out. I said, what about some of your big cases that you did? He said, well, I did Susan Smith. In her case, it was reported across the nation that her kids were kidnapped by a black guy. They found the car with the kids in the back seat with the seatbelts on, and they drowned him. And Susan Smith was known by the sheriff, the county sheriff there. He was there with it. They start interviewing her. He starts drawing everything, and they get deeper and deeper into it. He takes a break. He goes to the sheriff, and he says, something's not right here. This woman did this. And the sheriff said, well, I know her. I've known her for a long time. She didn't do something like this. So then... The sheriff blows it away because he goes in there and tells Susan, Susan, this this guy thinks you're lying. So she's going to be more guarded. So he sat down and started going again and went 10, 15 more minutes with her. And he stopped and he called the FBI and said, this girl did this. They started investigating, questioning her about doing it. In the end, they got a confession. She had put a brick on the gas pedal of the car with the kids strapped in the back and let it drive itself into a lake. So I was really amazed with what he was saying. So we started interviewing Maria, and it's very intense. And Maria is explaining this. We go 10 minutes, 30 minutes. We're in this for an hour. We're an hour and a half into it. Maria, she's so intense with this, she got a headache. So she stepped out for a minute, and I turned to the forensic artist, and I said, you told me before we started this that you know somebody's lying. This guy's Baptist. He's Protestant. We never told him about the Virgin Mary before he got here. So he was a little bit alien to all this about the Virgin Mary taking Maria's hand, walking up the steps in this chapel. This guy has to be like, what in the world is going on? So Maria's not in the room. And I say, you told me, you know if somebody's lying. Is this girl lying? And he looked at me and said, very seriously. He said, This woman saw what she described, and he believed her completely. We finished the session after that, and he says, I tell you what, I'm not going to charge you anything. That's how much he believed it. Think about that. This is the first man in the whole world converted by this chapel that doesn't exist. I've kept this secret I never felt like I'm supposed to have it. I was just archiving it because Maria, I knew, would be getting further away from the details of what she saw. And I got it vaulted for the future. And it's not a big thing. So you may be curious about how does he know when somebody's lying. I asked him the question. 
He said, because I know how they get so detailed and they try to explain everything. There's always some vagueness in it and you have to struggle. Maria literally was struggling to describe what she saw. And with the more cognition with it, you see that. And that's what I'm telling about you, about the messages. If you walk with the messages, you know when somebody's lying. That's why I had the authority to write to the bishops as a president of the pew, this mighty, forced, and powerful group of people that you put Biden in office because you're living a lie. You deny it yourself. The messages of a lie gives you authority if you live them. So I say this story that I don't have to see videos. I don't have to see pictures. I don't have to be in Washington. I know this thing is staged. I brought Jeff in here, who's a follower of Medjugorje, him and his wife, for years with the mission. So I'll cover all this ground so that you understand that Biden is not the president. He's not going to stay the president. Trump is our president. They stole that from me. They stole it from you. You want to be the forensic artist? Biden couldn't get a crowd. They used the excuse of Corona. So they could come up in the cars in front of his stage. And all that was out there is 30 and 40 cars. Every talk he did this way. Every talk Trump had, had tens of thousands of people, 50,000, 75,000 people. That's all the evidence you need to know that there's no way that Biden got 7 million more votes than Trump. It's a lie. It's fraudulent. They stole this election. And now they're going after Trump so severely because they're in fear. All you have to do is tune into one of the news on the left, like CNN, even Fox now, NBC. They are so frightened that he's going to come back. They don't want him to ever go back in office. But I tell you, you're going to see, and we're seeing it right now. We're in the process. Our lady is going to smash this diabolical system. Sooner than you think. Our lady's here to win, not to lose. This whole thing at Washington is a lie. Don't buy into it. Don't be depressed. Don't lose hope because evil will not win. But we're not guaranteed a win. That's why I says I can't do anything without you. I have to have you as my extended hands. We got Medjugorje people writing to us saying Biden's the president. I can't say they're ignorant. The information's out there. I say they're stupid because everything's there. If you're seeking truth, you can find it. If not, our lady's not real because she would not be telling us, don't listen to lying voices. We have to have the ability to discern and see when we are being telling the truth or lying. I'm writing about the cross right now, an update. But what I'm putting in this update it's a major, major writing about everything happening. What is the elections left? It's going to be important writing for you to read. So what you've experienced, Jeff, and what you saw, would you bet your life on it much of this was staged? Yes, I would. You have no doubts? No doubts. The way it unfolded was very staged. You say you saw the people coming. Are Trump was still speaking? Yes, but yet you said you couldn't hear Trump's speech from where you were. Correct. So how do you know they started marching in there before Trump finished? Just by the timeline, 
And I know Trump didn't finish his speech until 1 o'clock, and it was like 12.30 when the barriers were breached. So you got the facts of the timeline. doesn't match up. Right, exactly. Of what CNN and all these people and all these lies are putting forth. It is a lie. Returning back to the hotel and seeing what the uh, local media was showing, what happened there at the uh, Capitol that day, I was so upset. What I seen on TV was not what I seen by my own eyes. The question now is, why are they so worried about Trump? What is the makings and the reasons and the purpose of an impeaching trial? They knew they were going to do this. They needed a false narrative of insurrection. And you can hear that in their lying voices in the trial. They're so theatrical. They're convincing you. They've edited and made productions to sway the opinion or the belief that Trump and his speech caused this insurrection. It is false. The other question is, why are they so committed that Trump can never take office again? They may not be conscious. Trump's coming back. He is the legitimate president. He is the president of this country. And truth can't be erased. It's eternal. What God sees down from heaven doesn't change on earth because people believe it's something else. Our lady is here to rectify everything. But we've been asleep. Our lady said May 4th, 2020, I am asking of you to love, to spread the truth, because truth is eternal, unchanging, and always current. So the current news we have from all the CNNs and the cohorts with them are perpetrating a lie. Jeff distinguished who the Trump supporters were versus the other people who were not Trump supporters, yet they had Trump hats on, carrying a flag, etc. Trump supporters know Trump supporters. When we travel or we meet Medjugorje people and we don't know them personally, and yet we go overnight in our house. Never met before. Medjugorje people know Medjugorje people. You already have something in kinship through the messages, through the same mother. It's like knowing somebody for 20 years, even though you never met them. Being a Trump supporter, you could be in kinship with another Trump supporter. So we know those people were the bad actors were not Trump supporters. We are at a point that all is lost. Satan is reigning. I lady said that. Darkness is over the light. We're in submission to it. But God's victory doesn't manifest until death comes. Our nation is dying. And it's going to die on the path that it is in now. Jesus spoke about the wheat had to die to come back to life. And that's where we are. Contemplate these thoughts in these next moments.
In the vast expanse of a timeless place where silence ruled the outer space, ominously towering it stood, the symbol of a spirit war between the one named Lucifer and the morning star, the ultimate of good. Enveloped by a trillion planets, clean as lightning and hard as granite, a cosmic coliseum would host the end of the war between the Lord of sin and death and the omnipotent creator of man's first breath, who will decide who forever will be the champion. Shut your face, I wrote the book. 
Then the father looked at his only son and said, You know the rules. Your blood will cleanse their sin and calm their fears. Then he pointed his finger at Satan and said, And I know you know the rules. You've been twisting them to deceive my people for years. Satan cried, I'm The demons wheezed. That's right. There ain't no way. Satan jeered. Jesus said, go ahead, make my day. said January 25th, 2021. This is a time of awakening and giving birth. I'm telling you, 
Our nation is being renewed. We're going to have a new republic. We're headed toward that. A resurrection at the moment when everything is lost. Pray the patriotic rosary. Fast. Sacrifice. This is the moment where our lady's been headed to for 40 years. You're going to see wonderful, incredible things as well as the bad things. There is a famous phrase that says, Into the sleep that God gives his beloved, into the dawn of a glad resurrection. We have been asleep. And those who are in darkness, an enemy of God, are yelling out insurrection. But they have it wrong. The truth is resurrection. You will see this by the Queen of Peace. We look forward to the days that's coming when God brings us about. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night.